We are in the Christmas season, and a lot of folks' minds are on gifts. You are about to actually meet and, and get a chance to have an inside look into the heart of one of the most gifted baseball coaches in our area. And to his players, he's certainly a face of faith. You're going to meet him coming up. There is the word, there is the way. And brothers and sisters who find strength in their belief, we meet Faces of Faith with Bill Scoggins. Welcome in, everyone, to this edition of Faces of Faith, and I am delighted to have with me uh, someone who uh, is personally connected with me in that he is the head baseball coach of four of my grandsons. He is the baseball operations manager and the head baseball coach at Calvary Christian School. Steve Smith, thanks for pulling yourself away from the program because right now this afternoon you've probably got a lot of baseball going on at the school. Thanks, Phil. I'm uh, looking forward to it and excited to uh, be here with you today. Let's talk, uh, as I always do, I begin by helping people understand who is Steve Smith, where is he from, where did he grow up, let's talk about your education, and, and the different things that led to you being in the position that you're in now. So where, are you, where did you grow up? So I'm from uh, Granby, Massachusetts. Uh, it's in Western Mass, so it's probably... Never heard of it. Yeah, no, most people probably have it. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I grew up in Granby, went to high school in, uh, in Granby, Massachusetts, again, Western Mass, so about an hour and 45 minutes away from Boston. Okay. Um, I lived there all the way until I was 21. Um, so from that area, stayed there, uh, again, uh, all the way from elementary, all the way through, uh, post high school. To what extent, um, and at what point in your early years were you introduced to the Lord, and wh what um, what special memories do you have of times when he became specially close to you in your growing up years? So my mom and dad um, both did not grow up Christians. Um, my mom, uh, well, going back a little bit further, my mom... Uh, my mom got pregnant for me when she was 16, and uh, my mother and father uh, ended up getting married uh, later on that year, and uh, you know neither one of them were uh, involved in church. My mom ended up getting um, invited to a uh, local church when she, I guess I would have been four or five years old, somewhere around that time, mm -hmm. and uh, she started to go pretty regularly, and she ended up... Uh, she ended up accepting Christ, uh, I guess I would have been five, and uh, started to obviously bring me. Um, I had a younger sister uh, at that time. My father was not going to church. Um, and uh, later on, I guess probably that following year, um, I was attending a vacation Bible school. And uh, in, at our church, we called it Bible time. So every, uh, every summer... Um, we had vacation Bible school, which they called Bible time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I remember I would have been six and I remember, um, I remember very vividly that year, um, just going through, you know, you're, you're doing contests to memorize verses. You're, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I just remember, uh, again, it's, it's crazy to think at six that you, you know, you really connect with that and really remember, uh, remember that, but uh, I remember be, just knowing that I needed to make a decision, mm -hmm. and I remember um, having conversations with my mom, and 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 then uh, during that week uh, when I was six, uh, I ended up going forward, and I and I accepted Christ as my Savior as wow. a as a six year old. 
Um, and you know, you, you don't, you don't necessarily understand, uh, you know, everything obviously at that age. I know a lot of times people question, you know, can you really make that kind of a decision Mm -hmm. at that age? And obviously as you continue to grow, you, you, you get a better understanding. Mm -hmm. I think then, uh, and at, at some point you really own your faith. Um, my father got saved, uh, shortly thereafter, and uh, from that point on, both my mother and my father, which, again, having them not grow up in it, um, they really set a great example for me. Um, you know, I mean, we, uh, my entire childhood, we went, to, uh, we went to church on Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings, mm-hmm. and Wednesday evenings. Yeah. Um, we remember were, those days well. Yes. And, uh, and, and so it was a part of my life. So I, I really, you know, I don't really remember a whole lot before I was, you know, I was five. So all I really ever knew was we were heavily involved in church. Um, you know, both of my parents, um, you know, they, uh, they were involved in ministry at, at, uh, at all different times throughout my, uh, throughout my childhood. My, um, uh, my mom, uh, you know, was, uh, was helping out with, uh, my mom and my dad were helping out with the youth group. Um, my father, uh, became an usher and, and, and he'll, he'll tell you, you know, one of, one of his things is, uh, he gets uncomfortable, um, when he's, uh, when he's having to, you know, meet and approach people. And, and so him being an usher, you know, kind of took him a little bit out of his, his <laughs> comfort, comfort zone. zone. Sure. Yeah. Um, but they were all very, always very involved. My father got involved in a, uh, in a ministry, um, that, uh, I think it was every Thursday or every other Thursday they would go to a detention center. So, uh, you know, kids that uh, had gotten in trouble um, and, you know, were not in jail, but they were in a detention center. So these were, um, I guess, you know, 13 to 18-year-old boys. uh, And him and a couple other guys would go and and they would bring a message and and interact with the the guys at at that time. Um, and so my, I ended up getting involved in that. So I was probably, I really don't know how old I was. I might've been 12, 13, 14, something like that. And so I would go with my dad and, uh, you know, go with him and mm-hmm. a couple of the other guys from church and, um, and we would go and, and, uh, you know, interact with them and me being a, you know, young kid, they'd play basketball. So I'd jump in and play yeah. basketball. And I think we did softball one time, um, but uh, again, you know, my parents were just very, very involved. They um, they were very intentional with uh, with how they raised myself and my uh, my two sisters. I have two younger sisters, and uh, and I would love to say that uh, you know because of how diligent they were that you know I made great decisions all the way through high school, and and um, and that's not what happened. Um, you know, I, I knew what was right, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, through a lot of decisions that I made, uh, I made my path a whole lot more difficult than it probably needed to be. Um, but I had great role models in, in terms of parents of how they, uh, how they raised me and, um, you know, their, their, them showing their love for God and, mm-hmm. um, and, and really just set the foundation for me and in my entire life. So, I mean, that's where, you know, I start with, Everything yeah. is I had a, I had a great uh, foundation. I had parents that loved me. I had parents that, uh, you know, really um, set a great example for me. I know that from what I have observed of you as being the baseball coach at Calvary, what an instrumental role you play in their lives. 
was there someone when you were in school, whether it was a coach or a teacher, that, again, sort of came alongside your parents to, to offer you guidance as you made some decisions heading toward uh, later in ed- education and what have you? Sure. Not, I wouldn't say necessarily from a athletic standpoint. I think that might be what really drives me quite a bit at, at this point in this stage of my life. Um, the person that I can, I can really say to that did come alongside me, I, I had a youth pastor um, that was, he's an amazing man. Um, and he was a, and he's going to, if he sees this, he's going to love this. He was an old, he was an older guy. So, um, you know, most of the time you see youth pastors and they are, yeah. um, you know, they're younger guys just getting into ministry and very rarely, um, you know, do you see someone that's a little bit older that's typically in it and has been in it for a long time. And he was in the youth ministry and, and, and he's going to kill me for probably saying this, but it had to have been for 70 years. I mean, he had, he had, <laughs> had to be in there for a long time. But in all seriousness, he, he you know he he had already been in in youth for uh, for quite a while, um, and he was just so good at just creating relationships with uh, with people in there. And you knew he cared about you. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that would just show up at you know I'd have a baseball game and he would show up. And he's had he has all these kids that he's going around to and and attending their sporting events and 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 uh, you know and checking in on us and and really. Um, he played a big he played a big part in my uh, my years through high school and even his son his son ended up going into ministry uh, and was uh, was I guess probably seven or eight years older than me it might even be a little more he's gonna love that too but um, and he really took an interest in me so um, you know I, ha- I had some um, some some guys that uh, that really uh, cared about me I mean I, st- I still you know I, st- I just went back up to Massachusetts uh, uh, probably about a month ago and, and saw, um, you know, saw my youth pastor and had a chance to talk with him a little bit. So, um, he was very influential, um, you know, in my, in my years during high school. Um, you know, as far as, as far as coaching, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't attend a Christian school. Um, you know, I went to a public school and, and so I didn't really necessarily have, um, that sort of an influence, uh, mm-hmm. on me in terms of, uh, in terms of athletics. Were you an athlete? I would assume so. Yes, I played. Uh, I played baseball and basketball. Um, so I, I started playing. I started playing basketball actually pretty late. Um, the first year I ever played basketball was in eighth grade, um, and then I ended up playing uh, all four years in high school. And then uh, baseball was. I, I've been in love with baseball since I was probably four years old. So uh, I've always played baseball. That was uh, that was something I played all the way when I was extremely young, all the way through uh, through high school and into college. After high school, did you get some offers to go play some ball somewhere? So I did have a couple of opportunities uh, to play, um, you know, in the northeast kind of area. Mm-hmm. Um, I had made a decision very early on, really probably in my uh, early in my junior year, uh, that I was going to go to Liberty University. So I ended up going to Liberty University, um, and you know, not on not on scholarship. Mm-hmm. I ended up going in and uh, and walking on. I had an opportunity. Uh, to redshirt that first year um, as far as you know a series of decisions that I was making during that time um, you know I, academically I was not a good student and and it put me in uh, it put me in serious jeopardy of being able to even stay at Liberty I only ended up going for one semester uh, and then ended up coming back home and so if you talk to my baseball players now uh, you know I've 
put a big emphasis on the academic side, specifically because I know what I what I missed out on. I know uh, some of the struggles that I ended up having to go through that I don't want them to have to repeat and go through some of the same mm-hmm. things that that I did based on uh, decisions I made at that time. Um, I left Liberty, came back home, and ended up uh, attending a uh, junior college in Holyoke, Massachusetts, and played there for uh, for a year. Um, and then that's where that's basically when my my career ended after that. So, was it intentional that you wanted to continue to have baseball a part of your life, and that's what led you in a, into the direction of coaching? Not originally. So, um, my whole life, I had um, I wanted to be a major league baseball player. You know, and, and that was what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted I, I wanted to do nothing else. I, I wanted no other backup plans. I, I did not want, you know, anything to do anything else other than uh, other than that. Um, you know, when I when I went off uh, when I went off to school and then came back, um, I, I ended up getting my girlfriend pregnant, and uh, who's my wife now. Um, but I ended up getting getting her pregnant. She was uh, I was nineteen. She was eighteen. And I've not told this story to a whole lot of people other than my players and obviously my family. Um, but I'm going to share it. Um, and it really, it really caused me to question everything everything that I was doing, decisions that I was making. Um, I ended up having to go to my college coach, and I had to tell him I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to leave. Um, I've got to start a family. I've decided to um, to marry my girlfriend, and we are we're going to have a family. And um, he had convinced me to uh, to finish out the spring semester. Um, and it was I, mentally, I was not there. Uh, mentally, I was I had already kind of checked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I was pretty pretty bitter for a while. Um, that baseball that I felt like it had gotten taken away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was really it was a series of my decisions that I had made up to that point that had got me to that place. Um, I was not involved in baseball for probably another another five or six years, maybe seven years. Um, and uh, as my oldest son Stephen. Um, he wanted to get into t-ball so you know we start going down the t-ball route and um and again I hadn't considered coaching at all uh and I remember going to a couple practices and I thought oh, I could I could I could do I could do this I could help out so mm-hmm. um that's actually you know how I started was I just said I I can I think I could do this I think I could I could help out and once I got into it um I loved it I mean, I loved interacting with the kids. And in T-ball, you have to have a ton of patience, <laughs> um, you know. And, and, and really what it was, um, it allowed, I think, the love for the game that, uh, that, that I've always had. It allowed me to, to start instilling that in, in, uh, in other kids. And then, uh, you know, as the years went on, you know, other opportunities became available. And, um, you know, I was able to uh, be blessed to be able to coach both of my sons through Little League. Uh, and then that brings us to um, a series of events that um, that ended up opening the opportunity over at Calvary. 
walk us through that. We want to get you to today, and then we will. That'll springboard us into um, your career and what has happened since you've been the head coach at Calvary. Sure. But, uh, get us to the point of of the decisions that ultimately brought you to Columbus. So, um, so again, as uh, so Columbus specifically, uh, we moved down here in two thousand and one. Um, so my, I work for I work for Eastman Kodak. So I still still work for for Eastman Kodak. I, I've I've been with them uh, since '99. So since 1999, um, we had a plant there that shut down, and they moved the factory uh, or moved a portion of the factory down here to Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, my mom, my dad, me, my wife, my sister, we all worked at the same factory wow. in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Um, so my father ended up taking a job down here. Um, and we ended up, uh, we ended up staying in, in Massachusetts and, and then, uh, I ended up getting contacted about, uh, taking a job down here. And so my wife and I, uh, originally that was not something that we were really looking at, at doing. We came down and visited and, uh, and just prayed about it. And, uh, and, and God gave both of us a piece that this was where we needed to, uh, to go. And it was tough and we were leaving, uh, you know, grandparents, and she was leaving her 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 mom and dad and, and brothers, and um, and it was a very very tough decision. Um, but we made the decision to move down here, and uh, and God has really blessed us for you know for making that decision. So uh, that that's how I got down into Columbus. So going back to the whole side of baseball, so that we're down here doing mm-hmm. little league. That's where you know I start and. Um, you know, I had an opportunity to, uh, to coach, you know, through a ball and, and, uh, we were very involved in Harris County, Harris County little league. And, um, and, and my teams typically had quite a bit of success and, 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 uh, and that's not bragging at all, but I, I felt like we did a good job of really developing kids. I really felt like, um, what was important to me was to make sure that those kids had a great experience. That was always, you know, my number one thing. Like I love the game. Um, you know, I feel like I, I can do a good job of instructing, but I ultimately want them to walk away with it was an awesome experience and, uh, and that those kids really enjoyed it. Um, I finished, you know, we, we finished my, my oldest son, his last year of Little League, and, and my youngest still had two more years. And I had every intention of coaching him all the way through Little League. We attend Calvary, uh, Calvary Baptist Church. And we were leaving one day, and um, as we were leaving church on a Sunday, um, I just were driving by the baseball field there, and I told my wife, and, and this was just in passing. This was not a, you know, really well thought out mm-hmm. or anything. And I just told her, I said, I had seen an article in the paper, you know, maybe, a, you know, I guess a couple months earlier, and, and just had seen kind of, you know, where they were at, kind of the record they had had. And, and I'm looking at this field, and I'm like, it's just not in great shape. And, and I just told her, you know, our kids were already at Calvary. And I said, boy, I really would love at some point to be able to help out and really help build something here that, um, that my kids would be proud of being a part of. Mm-hmm. And it was just in passing. I mean, I was not saying, hey, I want to be a head baseball coach of a high school or anything like that. And, um, you know, and, and she obviously heard me. Um, and we never talked about it after that. And about a month and a half later, uh, I, I'm I'm at Max Fitness on a treadmill, and I get a call from Ricky Smith. And Ricky Smith was the uh, incoming headmaster 
um, that at that time and uh, is is now actually our head pastor at at uh, at Calvary, mm-hmm. and he had just said, "Hey, Steve, we're um, we are we're there's a potential there's going to be an opening uh, for our head baseball coach. Um, is that something you would be interested in?" and and I immediately told him, absolutely not. You know, I'm, my son has two more years left of Little League. It's not good timing. And, and um, you know, so we talked a little bit more. And he said, well, would you just come in and have a conversation? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. So, um, you know, I came in, had a conversation with, with him, had a conversation with the athletic director at the time, uh, Brian Osborne. And, um, you know, and they offered me the job. And I, I remember going back and forth. And I just said, you know, the, the timing of this is not – you know, this is not what I was, mm-hmm. you know, anticipating. And, and um, you know, I was flattered that they, uh, you know, that they had offered me, uh, offered me the position. And, um, and I told them I'll, I'll pray about it. So I, I took probably, probably about six weeks. It might have been, it might have been, you know, five, six weeks. And, mm-hmm. and I felt bad because I kept having to go back to Brian and say, look, if you need to make a decision to bring someone in, you know, feel free to do it. I, I don't have a piece about it right now. Yeah. I had a conversation with my wife, and I said, I just don't think I'm going to do it. And she and, and she said, well, why not? And I said, I don't know if I can really do this. Like, this is a lot. Like, this is a – this is not – you know, this isn't Little League. This is high school baseball. And, uh, and you know, and I said, and I, and I really want to, you know, I really want to finish up Bradley's last two years of Little League with him. And so – she just said, she goes, there's nothing that's a, that's, a, that's a coincidence. You know, she said that, you know, God hears the desires of our heart. And, Absolutely. And this is not by coincidence that you made that comment a month and a half or two months ago. Mm, she remembered. She remembered. She was listening. Yeah. And, uh, well, she is a good listener, so I'll, 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 I will say that. She's a very good <laughs> listener. Um, and so, uh, and that was kind of the nudge that I think I needed. Um, I had been praying about it, and... And when she said that, she gave me a level of clarity that I hadn't seen up to that up to that point. Um, and uh, so I just I, I prayed about it for another day, and I said I'm going to do this. And and so uh, that's what got me to uh, that's what got me to Calvary. Obviously, I had to had to have the conversation with my youngest son and say, Hey, look, um, I want to. This is what I want to do. Um, you know, and, and I know we will be two years of where I won't be able to be with you, but I'm looking long term that I'll get to get a chance to do something that's really special and be around you for six years. Mm-hmm. You know, at the middle school and high school level, um, and uh, and and so you know, he's come back and told me that was th- you know the best decision you could have made. He, and, he, and you know, it it bothered him at, at first. It was something that bothered him that, that hey, I've of gotten course. to this point, and now I'm not going to have you to you know, to, to, to coach me. Treat me the same way as my older brother. Yes. And my older brother, my <laughs> oldest son, he was ecstatic. He was just like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. You know, um, he might not have always felt like that, but, um, you know, so it was, it was, uh, it was, it was really cool how, how that all kind of came. What together. year was that? That would have been the fall of 2013. So you've been at Calvary eight years, eight full seasons. This will be going into my ninth year. You have, uh, a track record that is in, Incredible, um, three state championships, three state championships with the uh, the varsity team. Yes, uh, coach of the year. How many times? I think maybe five. Mm-hmm. I think maybe five. And I know you're not into bragging about all of that, but um, it's clear that you inst- instill in your players 
how to play the game. But the part of it that is what this program is about is um, you're trying to instill faith in them and bring them into a stronger relationship with the Lord as they play baseball for you. How do you go about doing that? So Scott Donahoe is one of my, uh, one of my assistant coaches. He's, uh, he's one of my best friends in life. And he, he says this all the time. We always use baseball to trick them. So, um, you know, baseball uh, and really athletics, uh, it's a great tool to teach a lot of things. I mean, there's obviously from a, a character standpoint, I was having a conversation with a, with a guy at work today just about what athletics does and how you are able to uh, teach a lot of things, character and integrity and a lot of different things you can do through that. But you can also use that tool to really be able to touch someone from a spiritual standpoint as well. So we talk, we, we tell parents all the time that, uh, especially when people are looking at coming into Calvary, mm-hmm. that we are, we are trying to help come alongside them and build them both mentally or mentally, physically, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. And, the way you do that, um, you know, I'm not someone that's going to come out and just, you know, wrap them over upside the head with Bible verses. I'm going to love them, and I'm going to show them that I care about them. And what it does is it, it opens up opportunities to have conversations with them that not a lot of other people are able to have some of those same conversations. So when they go through that first real adversity that they face in their life, you know, they're going to turn to who they have relationships with. And so, um, you know, we feel like we really put a huge premium on creating those relationships with those kids. So, uh, you know, we get, we get kids that come in from fifth or sixth grade and then, uh, you know, hopefully they're with us all the way till they, till they graduate. That's a lot of time to be able to build those relationships with them. Um, you know, and then from a, a, from a, a directly from a spiritual standpoint, um, you know, we spend time going through talking about different things and challenges that they deal with uh, at this time in their life. This is some of the most challenging times. They're faced with all kinds of decisions that they have to make. Uh, and, and, you know, and I, and I look at it from, you know, from my history and I look at it from some of the decisions that I made. And, you know, where I always try to come from is, and, and I've, I've brought this up before, is to, to be the coach that you needed when, when, when you were coming up. And, and I take that very, very serious that, um, you know, they, they need to know that they're they're that, that you love them. Um, they need to know that, uh, they can come to you about anything and not judge them. Um, and, and that comfort level, I think, I think is huge for a, for a kid that's, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 and 18. But not only that, when they go off and they're in college, and they get into college and they get hit upside the head with a lot of different things, they still come back and, you know, and say, coach, can we just talk? I'm, I'm struggling with, you know, with this right now. What do you think I should do? Or can you pray about this with me? I mean, there's just so. Your relationships have transcended high school. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. And, and it, and, you know, and it, it means as much to me, um, you know, the relationship for them as it does for me to them. Like I, I love, I love these boys when they, you know, when they come through and um, there, there's a, there's a genuine love, you know, on both sides for, uh, for, for the players from, from them to us and, 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 you know, and us to them. Um, so I think that's a, I think that's important. I think that's a, it's probably a different way 
I think then a lot of um, maybe people grew up with uh, with coaches, right? You know, you have a lot of a lot of you know people that talk about you know the hard coach that mm-hmm. you didn't maybe necessarily appreciate until um, you know until you were a little bit older and, and maybe they were really tough. But um, I've always tried to take the approach: we're going to be tough, but I, you're never going to question whether or not your coach loves you and whether or not your coach cares about you. And 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 I think that's a I think that's an extremely important thing for uh, for young men, <clears throat> excuse me, as as they're going through, uh, you know, these, the, you know, through high school and, and being able to uh, to really know that they can count on, um, you know, their coaches. We saw that at the high school banquet. Um, actually, I guess it was all the way through middle and and junior varsity and varsity uh, at the end of the season last year when we were gathered there in the cafeteria and. It was um, uh, the end of the season. You were honoring and recognizing each player, and as their names were called, they were brought up to the podium, and you personally spent, clearly this was not something that you, that was off the cuff and not well thought out. You gave heartfelt impressions of the, the role that they played on the team, as a person, as well as a as an athlete, uh, how they had impacted you, how you had the players would uh, reciprocate with how th- you had impacted them, but the the bonding that had been created over the course of their high school career, it it was riveting to watch that player after player after player come up to that podium, and clearly not really proud of you this year, uh, you know, Josh. Played some great baseball for us. You got a great future ahead. Here's your letter, and God bless you. It, you know, it was clear that the love that you s- said that you had for them was on display that night, when it would po- probably be the last time in a formal setting mm-hmm. that you would have a chance to tell them that. That was powerful. It's it's one of my favorite things each year. Um, that's something I started. Um, you know, when, when I did coach Little League, was I wanted to take some time to talk about each kid, uh, you know, at the end of the, end of the season banquet. Um, and I knew it had an impact on uh, not only the boys, but I think it had an impact on, on parents as well. And grandparents. And grandparents. Yes. Um, and, and that was something that, uh, you know, my first first banquet that we did in 2014 we did that and I, and the feedback I got on and again I was not doing it for anybody other mm-hmm. than this is for the boys like right. I want that I want them to know it was clear it was that way how much they mean to us how much they mean to our program how much uh they mean to our coaching staff how much we love them um and for them to never forget that like that that's a that's a it's a real thing and I think those moments are big I think those are um, I think they're important. I think it solidifies maybe a lot of the things that, you know, they know because we interact on a daily basis, but it is, it's a formal setting. It's, it's in, you know, last year we had 175 people in that, you know, in that, that room. So there's a lot of people in there. Um, and it's tough. It, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do, but it is emotional. I mean, yeah, there and, and tears is, flow freely that night. It, it, they do. Um, and tears flow freely uh in preparation for that because uh, a lot of times as I'm going through and I, I'm trying to um I'm trying to put to words you know what 
each one of those kids has has meant to me mm-hmm. for for some of them two years, for some of them it's been seven or eight years, mm-hmm. and um, you know going through that and then thinking about um, thinking about them personally on uh, things that they've struggled with, you know, in their life, um, seeing how they've overcome adversity, um, seeing how they've they've developed self confidence in themselves. Um, how they've learned to to be a great teammate, how they've learned to uh, overcome challenges in school, how they've just all of those things, mm-hmm. that whole story about who that that individual is. They're not just another kid with a number on their back that happened to pass through. Uh, they mean something. They had an impact on everybody that they were around. They left a legacy, positive or negatively. They've left a legacy when they leave. Uh, for that last time. So um, I enjoy those banquets. Uh, they make fun of me every year. They tell me, Coach, how much are you going to, you know, there's no way you, you get through it without crying. And I always tell them every year, I'm not going to cry this year. And then, uh, you know, and then you get into it and, and just it's the flood of emotion. You know, the, the, the biggest, the championships are great. Um, it is the relationships. I mean, that that is why you know, why I do what I do. That is why our coaches do what they do. That is why our coaches, um, they are, they are as, they are as invested as anybody else. I mean, it's not, this isn't, this isn't just me. This isn't, you know, just some of our players. There is a, a bond and a commonality in, um, in the commitment that we all have to each other. And, um, and it, it, it's special. I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's something I've never, I had never experienced before it. Um, it's something that, um, I, it, it to me, it's extremely special. Um, so that it's you know that uh, the emotion that you uh, that you saw that evening the, this, that's real raw emotion. That's uh, you know the, that's those those boys were extremely important. Last year was a very special group. Um, you know, every senior class, they're they're. You know they're extremely special to me. We like I said, the championships are great, but I'm just as um, you know when, when we've not won it and we've won it. I'm still just as sad on that after that last out because after that last out, it's great when you're raising the trophy, but it is the end and it is the completion of that chapter for you know two to to ten kids. Yeah. They're done. You know you don't get to you don't get to interact with them on a daily basis anymore. Um, so there's a sadness that's involved that, you know, with, with the, uh, the last out of the season, uh, whether you win or lose. You see, uh, growth in the athleticism in the talent, um, uh, in, in a lot of cases, just the, the pure raw talent someone has that you take and develop and make them better. But, and that's, that's a, a growth that, uh, even folks in the stands can see. Guy's batting average goes up. His you know ERA is lower. Um, statistics will tell that story. But how do you measure and and how inspiring is it for you to see growth in these kids on the spiritual side? So we see a, a lot of a lot of different aspects. You see it in how they interact with people. You see how serious they start taking their their relationship with God. So you start to see that fruit when guys are starting to really own it. And it's not that my mom and dad are making me to go to church or it's not that um, I'm doing it out of obligation, but that they start to really own their relationship. And it's and it's you know, I I tell people all the time, development, physical development takes place at different rates 
with every single person. Mm -hmm. So you can't put a timeline on it. Spiritual development is the exact same thing. You know, there's a, there's not a timeline on it. Mm -hmm. We'd love to have it that, Hey, we're going to have this conversation and we're going to see an immediate change. Uh, it doesn't happen like that. So the, that, that rate of, um, development in their walk with God and their relationship, it changes for, you know, for, for every kid, it's different. Some, some, it may be that we've just planted a seed and it may not fully develop until mm -hmm. 10 to 15, 20 years down the road. Um, some are very hard headed and they've got to go through some growing pains on their own. And, and, but there's a base that they still know that they can come back to. I got a text from, um, from a kid the other day that, and I'm not going to you know say anything, but a kid that, you know, played the other day and he just said, <clears throat> coach, can I get with you? And I know where he's at right now. I know kind of, um, you know, just where he's at right mm -hmm. now. And, and it's just, it's different. You'd love to see everyone get it while they're in high school. You'd love to see, um, you know, them all be very intentional with their relationship with God. Um, some will, and, and that's, that's great. We've seen, um, we've seen, you know, a lot of kids come to, you know, accept Christ through devotions or just in private conversations with, uh, with our coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, we've seen kids that are new Christians that, um, you know, are, are, you know, just have a lot of questions on a lot of things. Uh, we see kids that have been saved for years and, you know, and they're starting to make some decisions that are putting them, you know, in jeopardy of, you know, well, how close is your relationship actually with God if you're making those, you know, mm -hmm. if you're making those decisions. So there's kids at all different, uh, at, at all different points in their, in their walk. Um, but, you know, our job is for us to continue to keep pushing them on that and, and to, to have some of those uncomfortable conversations, um, you know, to really be pointed at different times with them and ask them, you know, how are, how are you doing? What, what, where are you at right now with your relationship with God and being able to really prompt them on that, um, which then sometimes just opens up conversation and you'd be amazed that, you know, with, with kids at that age that you just start having some of those conversations and you find out all kinds of different things and different questions and thoughts that are going through their mind. Um, but it just continues to kind of keep that communication open. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Scott, uh, Scott Donahoe, uh, earlier. He, he, um, you know, I, I coached for the first two years at Calvary. Um, and after, after my, my second year going into my third year, every year I always try to evaluate where we're at, how we're doing, what can we do better from all aspects, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, you know, what can we do better? And, and I have came to the, uh, the, uh, an evaluation after my second year and said, we need to really push much more heavily on the spiritual side. And I had had an opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to know Scott from a distance um, uh, from Little League. His, his, he was coaching at the same time, and we had an opportunity to uh, coach alongside each other, um, you know, on an all-star team. And, um, and then, obviously, we coached against each other at, at different times. Um, but he had gone through and given a devotion to uh, our all-star team one year. And I was just, I, I was really taken aback at how he connected with those kids and the challenge that he was putting out in front of them. And uh, I had approached him one day and said, can I take you out to lunch? I said, I'd really like to talk to you about something. And so I made my pitch of what I, what I really felt like I needed help with. I needed to have someone else that could come in and really help me um, 
you know, push these guys in, in uh, from a spiritual side mm-hmm. much more than we had done in the first two years. Um, and so uh, he's been with me now. This would be his seventh year. Wow. And, uh, and he does a phenomenal job. I mean, he, he really directs, um, uh, you know, him and I will talk about what we really feel like we need to kind of touch on, what we really need to kind of, um, you know, really gauge and, uh, and go after at different times throughout a season or at the end of the season. And, and he really does a good job of kind of coordinating that. And uh, he, like right now we're doing morning workouts in the morning. At the end of our morning workouts, um, you know, we're going to have a, a five to 10 minute devotion right after we're done with workouts, just to give them something to think about as they're about to go on through their day. And, and Scott does a great job with, mm-hmm. uh, with that. So, um, you know, he's that, very inspirational. He's, you, he's such a, to be around him long to pick up on that. There's, there's no doubt. I make fun of him all the time. Cause he, he's a, he, I have to prepare and plan before I talk. He is extemporaneously can just go <laughs> off the cuff. I told him I, I would love to be able to do that. I'm not, I'm not as gifted in, in, in that sense with, uh, he really is, but he does such a good job. He's a, he's, um, you know, w- one thing that we had talked about in the past and, uh, um, and he, he, he ended up putting it together is, uh, we just started, um, a coach's Bible study on, on Wednesday evenings and, and Scott facilitates that. Mm-hmm. And so every Wednesday evening we've got, um, some of our coaches, uh, but then also coaches from the area as well. So we've got, you know, coaches from all, you know, different high schools in, in the Columbus Phoenix city area that we meet on Wednesday evenings. And we just talk about different things from a coaching standpoint, but then also with our, you know, relationship with God and, and just the, the challenges that, um, you know, that coaches have at, at different times and, uh, you know, just uh, how to guard ourselves and, and, and protect us. And, and uh, so it's been great. So Scott does a, he does a phenomenal job with, uh, with all that. He's been, he's been someone that really has had a huge impact on me in my adult life. Well, I know my son, uh, Scott, attends those and, uh, he assists with the middle school program there at Calvary. So, you know, we go ahead and l- make sure everybody understands the connection here. But, um, uh, and he was telling me about th- that group uh, brought in Auburn's head baseball coach yeah. and what an inspiration it was to hear from somebody at that level mm-hmm. who was placing the kind of emphasis on character and integrity and the spiritual side of these young men and athletes the way that you're doing at Calvary. Yeah. Uh, coach Thompson came in a couple of weeks ago and it was, uh, it was great. You know, you, you're, you, you don't know, you know, what someone at the highest level of college athletics, the different things that they, uh, they go through, but to hear him talk about his story and, and uh, you know, what motivates him and what continues to keep him in check and his relationship with God and how he challenges his players um, I thought it was pretty cool to, to, to be able to see it at that, uh, that level. So that was, uh, that was, that was, that was pretty exciting to be able to have him uh, a couple weeks ago at, at that Bible study. I've mentioned on my podcast before how that, uh, it's been a number of years ago, but, um, sports visions with DJ mm-hmm. uh, Jones and, uh, Daryl, uh, Williams, they, um, Dale Williams, rather DJ and Dale, and uh, it's their program. And they brought in, uh, Mark Richt to be their speaker for their fall banquet. And so um, I, I wasn't there, but I was given the tape of the guy who went and shot it for us so that we could use it in the news if, if we cared to. 
and I took it into the edit bay and popped the tape in and started listening and fully expected here we, here is a head football coach of a major university who had a room full of recruits mm. listening to every word that he was going to say. And his focus that night, the focus of his speech was, gentlemen, if I could give you one piece of advice that I hope you'll take away from this meeting tonight and incorporate into your lives, it is... Go to the Bible, go to the book of Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and every month has at, you know 31 or less days in it. Read for every day uh, whatever the chapter is that corresponds with that day of the month, and just make that your personal habit. And what an impact it's going to have on you as a person mm. to make you a better person and a, and a better person you know, follower of Christ. And I was, and we did a story on it that night because, I mean, that was, that was incredible to have not a recruiting speech and not that he didn't at some point, and I'm sure, you know, say we'd love to have you guys come and check out, you know, uh, Athens, but, but the focus of what he had to say that night was on giving them the, the advice that uh, something that's going to help them the rest of their life. And I get the same impression, Coach, at the high school level that that's the same kind of focus that you have with your program at Calvary. So uh, didn't bring you in here, you know, to um, to, to hang uh, awards on your chest and, and make you feel like that, that, you know, you're achieving something that um, state championships are great. Um Coach of the Year, fantastic, but I know from having heard your heart at those banquets that it's what's happening to the relationship that you're building and your coaching staff with the with those kids that comes to full fruition on that night when you see um, hugs and tears and the love shared between coach and player, and that is powerful. And it's a program that um, is successful on the wins and loss side of things. But it's the other part that you can't measure that only eternity will really measure is what's happening on the inside of those guys that they're going to carry with them the rest of their life. We're all going to be accountable for how we used our time, how we used our talents, how we used our influence Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to impact other people. So um, it's a, it's, you know, Calvary gives me the opportunity uh, that uh, you know, and our coaches to be able to, uh, to to be able to do that, and to be able to do it in the right way, and, and to be able to um, you know share our story, to be able to uh, push these guys and challenge them spiritually. Um, you know, so it's something that I, I've been extremely thankful for for the opportunity over the last eight and a half years. How do you hold players accountable? When all right, when you say accountable, when you are you talking about um, really for you know certainly what they do on the field, but uh, in in the decisions that they're making, if you see that um, it's one thing to um, to know that something's going on and then just just sort of hope that time will correct it, but yeah. to what extent are and it, and it's not just the coaching staff, but how do you teach and train your players? to hold each other accountable? That's a challenge. Um, you know, the, you know, for, for us, obviously, 
it starts with setting expectations. I mean, that, that's, that's where you, if you're going to be accountable to something, to, if you're going to have accountability, you have to be accountable for something specific. So it's starting with setting expectations. Obviously, if we see something and we don't address it, then inherently you're approving what's going on. Right. So that's, that's a, you know, that, that as coaches and as leaders and, uh, you know, it's our responsibility that if we see something that's taking place and we don't address it, mm-hmm. then that's on, you know, that's on us. You mm-hmm. lose that accountability there. The challenge is the accountability from peer to peer. And that is, you know, that's not, uh, that's not human nature. Um, it's uncomfortable at yeah. times. Um, what we have seen, what we have seen is that when a collective group, when they hold each other accountable, it's extremely powerful. Um, our senior class that just that just graduated, they they were a very very close group. They were a group that would call each other out on certain things. They actually on their own um, started their own Bible study. Um, I think in their their junior year. So they would just meet. They would pick. They would pick one of the players' house, and they used it as an opportunity to to get you know pizza and wings. Mm-hmm. But they would also, each one of them would kind of take a day and say, hey, uh, I'm going to bring something today. And then they would kind of challenge each other and ask each other tough questions. And, and I really feel like that, that, not that they were perfect, not that they didn't make mistakes, um, but having that accountability is is so important. It's, it's, it's extremely important. Um, so, it, you know, the whole thing is trying to foster that inside of the program mm-hmm. where it becomes – it becomes something where, even though it's uncomfortable, that it, they be they they actually begin to see the value in it. And and if you're left to yourself with no accountability, we're gonna make we're gonna make poor decisions. Mm-hmm. When there's accountability there, it creates strength and it creates the ability to be able to, uh, you know, to to question and 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 that accountability is huge. So, um, I think you have to really build it in. Um, you know, some of our uh, some of our challenges as we will go through in uh, in January and into February, and, and we uh, in some of our devotions, we will talk about accountability, and we will have some of those conversations of what does that actually look like. Um, you know, every year we pick out a theme, and we say this is this year it's going to be, you know, it's going to be this. So one year, you know, we did family, and one year we did integrity, and one year we did accountability, and, and so we kind of pick a theme each year, and I'm, I've not decided yet what we're going to do this year, but mm-hmm. they all eventually end up wrapping back into each other at, at, at different times, so even though you might have had some different themes that you're really focused on, um, you know, they all kind of wrap back into mm-hmm. each other. Um, you know, the, 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 the accountability, you see in a lot of different things. If, if uh, you know, from a from a sports standpoint or even just small things like, you know, we've, we've got these facilities that we've been blessed with and, and not maintain them and taking care of them. And these, and the boys, you know, taking that as, as being serious, but holding each other accountable for that. So, I mean, you, you can use it in so many different ways, but if there's not the accountability on the field, you're probably not going to have the accountability from a spiritual standpoint. So um, I think it all ties into, uh, I think it all ties in together, but, uh, it is our responsibility. It's our responsibilities as as coaches to uh, to really, you know, push them towards that. It's uh, it's our responsibility for us to talk about it, um, and ultimately, they it's their responsibility to provide that accountability with their peers. 
I typically ask this of my guests, what uh, are, you may have a favorite or several uh, verses of scripture that have guided you and played a key role in your spiritual side of life. Would you share some of those with us? So, I mean, you know, I, I, I know it's, it's very cliche, but I mean, you cannot, and, and everybody, there's the first verse that everybody learns is John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the plan of salvation, it literally is spelt out in one verse, you know, that, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, I mean, you're able to give the entire plan of salvation literally in one verse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I, that that has always been the first verse I ever I ever learned. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a verse to me that, um, you know, it, it, it speaks to the entire existence of Jesus and and why it is that we need him. And um, so that, that, that has always been my favorite verse. My mom will, uh, you know, I used to joke around that my favorite verse was Jesus wept because uh, it was the shortest verse in the, in, in, in the Bible. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that's, that's my favorite verse. This time of year, Christmas is coming. We're celebrating, you know, the Lord's birth. Um, is there anything that the players do in, on, on, with regard to the Christmas season and trying to just bring the team together and, and honor, you know, the, the real meaning for the time of year that we're in? So we will, we will talk about it. Um, you know, before Thanksgiving, same thing, we kind of, you know, uh, as we're kind of closing out in that last practice before last workout, before we go into, uh, to break, um, you know, we talk about, you know, what we're thankful for and, um, and just to, um, get them to a point of a, having a spirit of thankfulness and really being, uh, not just keeping it to yourself about what you're thankful for, but really verbalizing it and yeah. letting people know that you are thankful for it and, and, and challenging them to, um, you know, to, to let their friends know that they're thankful for them and their parents and everything that they've done. So we will take some time as we, uh, as we roll into December, um, you know, to, to, to take some time and, and talk about the real meaning and, and, and ensure that that is at the forefront of their, uh, of their mind as we go through the, uh, you know, the Christmas season and, um, and it, it is, it is a special, it's a special time for, for them. It's a, it's, there's an anticipation, um, you know, not just from, you know, you, you think a lot of times for kids, it's, it's the anticipation of, of gifts, but I think yeah. there is a, um, you know, the, I, I think you have a lot of families, um, that are very intentional with, uh, with, with Christmas and, and, and the true meaning and, and making sure that that's at the, uh, the forefront of, uh, of, of their time together as a family. So, um, you know, we don't have anything specifically planned, uh, you know, as far as we're doing something together as a, as a team. We had one year where uh, we had um, our senior class one year that uh, we were doing a, a run around, we were doing a, a cardio run around the neighborhood, and they had seen where somebody had uh, left a Christmas tree outside, so they ended up picking up on the side of the road and, and uh, put a Christmas tree in the uh, in the clubhouse one year with uh, with decorations of baseball bats and and bats. So uh, they they try to find some some fun things to do uh, do as well. Coach, it's uh, toward the end of this hour. It's gone by, flown by. But I just wanted to thank you for coming on, for sharing your heart, 
congratulating you certainly on state championships and wonderful seasons, but as I had indicated earlier, the impact that you're having on the minds and hearts of the athletes that are under your uh, instruction, uh, eternity will only really reveal the true impact that you're having on them. Your program and its success speaks for itself, but programs like that don't just happen without somebody who has the vision for them and puts measures in place to make sure that um, the kids are going to follow you know, the, the pathway that you lay out for them and hold them accountable. So uh, congratulations on um, all of your, your successes, but certainly thank you on behalf of a grandparent for the heart that you have that is expressed so freely into the hearts of those players that play for you. Well, I appreciate it. Your, uh, your four grandsons, those are uh, four amazing kids. And, and obviously, Scott, I get the pleasure of being around uh, your son all the time. And, and uh, so it, they, it, has been, it has been awesome to have, uh, have them. Those, those four young men are going to be great young men for God one day. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that I get an opportunity to be around them every day. Thank you, Coach. Again, I'm so thankful you took the time. You're heading right back to the field. You said for the last hour <laughs> you've given direct orders as to what's supposed to yeah. be happening in your absence, so we'll let you scoot back to the field. But, again, thank you so much for coming. And as I always say at this time of the podcast, whatever you're going through, always remember, keep the faith. We'll see you next time.